Recognized as one of the world's greatest philanthropies, Shriners Hospital for Children is an international hospital system recognized for transforming the lives of children throughout expert care and research. And now another episode of the Shriners Hospital for Children Chicago podcast series, Pediatric Specialty Care Spotlight with Melanie Cole. Scoliosis is a common condition that affects many children and adolescents. However, in some cases, if left untreated, scoliosis can get worse and may cause chronic back pain and other issues down the line. My guest today is Dr. Pernandu Gupta. He's the chief of staff and a pediatric spine surgeon at Shriners Hospital for Children, Chicago. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gupta. It's such a pleasure to have you with us today. Explain to the listeners, what is scoliosis and do we know what causes it? Um... Great question, Melanie. So scoliosis is curvature of the spine, and that implies that the curve is, that, that the spine is curved and also is rotated. Um, it happens in all ages, and we treat uh, patients from infants, uh, toddlers, teenagers with scoliosis for a host of reasons. Um, it does have a genetic predisposition. But there's different age groups that it can affect, and so there's it's a variety of different genetic origins, and those uh, genes continue to be mapped, and a lot of great research is happening to understand this better. So how do we know? if it, Would you be able to see in utero or once the baby is born, can you see this curvature, or is it something that develops over time and you might notice when a child starts to walk or play sports? Um, you can see it from newborn age um, to the age when they start to walk. And I think that uh, usually what the parents will notice is that the spine appears curved when looking at the child from behind. Uh, and I think that it's uh, not always readily apparent at first, but as the child grows, uh, if there's a curve, the curve possibly can worsen and then the parents will notice it. So if parents do notice, they bring them in to their pediatrician or to a specialist. Is there screening, Dr. Gupta? Is there some sort of a screening that you can do for children with scoliosis to find out beforehand? Sure. So I think the first thing is always bringing the child to the pediatrician for a good evaluation. Most pediatricians are pretty attuned to picking up scoliosis. And the easiest way to do that in a child that can stand is to help them to bend forward and look at their spine from behind. And what we can see is there's a mismatch in the height of the rib cage, or there's asymmetry in the trunk area. Uh, if it's a child that's sitting or not, not quite crawling yet, well, you have to sort of uh, very, very keenly look at their spine to pick up on it. Um, there are screenings that are done for scoliosis. Many years ago, we had a school screening program that was in many states. Um, that is not as robust as it used to be, but schools do do some screenings, and many times they're done around uh, athletic physicals. And so I think this is primarily the mechanism of picking them up. And we have this very simple device called a Bunnell scoliometer, which we place on the child, and it shows the tilt in the trunk to determine if there's scoliosis. Believe it or not, there's an app for that, as you might imagine. Hmm. Uh, so there's lots of ways to pick it up, and 
As I mentioned, if there's ever a question, it's best to bring the child into the pediatrician, and then they can refer them on to a specialist. Before we discuss treatments, Dr. Gupta, what doesn't cause scoliosis? Break up a few myths for parents as a heavy backpack or, you know, their shoes or limb length discrepancy or any of these other things, poor sleeping, poor posture. Are there any of these kinds of things that we can look to as a myth and you can say, you know what, that's really not what causes this? So I, I, I think you have, you have very good points. Uh, simply slouching or carrying something heavy or always carrying it a certain way is not going to lead to development of scoliosis. Uh, There definitely is a genetic predisposition, and so I don't think that those things will cause scoliosis. Leg length inequality can make someone appear as if they have scoliosis because their pelvis is tilted, and as a result, they end up having trunk asymmetry. So very attuned to that when we examine patients who have scoliosis. So the first line of defense, if you determine that a child does have this, depending on, on the age of the child, when you, when you do diagnose it, what do you do first for them? So I think the first thing we do if a patient comes to see me in the office, obviously a good thorough clinical examination, and included in that is a good neurologic examination. Those are key uh, in terms of our initial evaluation. To make the diagnosis, then we end up doing x-rays. And here at Shriners, we have uh, EOS technology, which is a way to do x-rays with less radiation for our kids. So I'm pretty excited about that in our system. But yes, x-ray is the key way to finally make that diagnosis. And then what factors might influence your recommendation that the child needs surgery or casting or bracing? And speak about some of those different interventions you might consider. So there is a whole uh, spectrum of treatments that we have, and it all depends on the age at onset, on the type of scoliosis, and the potential the child has for growth. So let me start Uh, in the infant group, uh, when infants have scoliosis and we notice that it's progressive, we typically look at a very specific measure called a meta-angle, which helps us to determine if the scoliosis may be progressive in in addition to looking at multiple x-rays in sequence to see the progression. So in infants at Shriners Hospital, we do uh, meta-casting, meta-control casting, and that involves helping to straighten out the spine by holding it in a cast. And usually that helps the spine to grow straighter. So that's one uh, one great way to help children. And we have a big uh, metacotrel casting program here at Shriners Hospital in Chicago. As we go to the next age group, uh, as these kids get bigger, they're really not amenable to being in a cast. And usually that's when we consider bracing. Bracing is probably one of the mainstays of treatment for scoliosis in almost all age groups from juvenile through adolescent. And it has a wonderful track record. And here at Shriners, we've been in a multi-center national trial to help prove the efficacy of bracing. As the curve grows, and if the child has a significant potential for growth, 
one of the mechanisms we have of treating the growing child is to place rods that can grow with the child by adjustments that we do in the rod. Now, years ago, we had to take the children back to surgery once, maybe twice a year to lengthen the rod. Uh, Currently, we have a new device, which is a magnetic growing rod, and we're able to have the child come back to the clinic, and we have a special uh, magnet um, uh, machine called the ERC, which helps to lengthen the rod when the child is in the office simply laying on the exam table. So it's a phenomenal way to help the growing children with scoliosis and avoiding multiple surgeries. Now, they may need other surgeries, too, once the rod is long enough and they've grown past the potential of the rod or if there's some problem with it. But this, I think, has been one of the greatest advancements that we have had in the field of uh, treating growing children with scoliosis. And then ultimately, down the road, as children grow and get closer to being completed with their growth, that's when we offer them uh, surgical fusion in, in uh, which we try to correct the amount of deformity and we're able to prevent further progression and also correct the deformity on a more permanent or long-term basis, and that would be spinal fusion with the instrumentation. Dr. Gupta, as children grow, we can explain a little bit about procedures, interventions that we do for them, but like for the babies with casting, and and what do you tell parents? How difficult is this to raise a child that's going through some of these procedures? Are they amenable? Do the children sort of just take to these things? What do you tell parents about dealing with those kinds of things? Sure. I think that at first, it's very daunting uh, for patients, for, for families and parents to think about having an infant in a cast. The surprising thing is that kids are very resilient, and once they're in the cast, they recognize this is what they have, and they kind of continue on and continue to develop. Um, It's hard on the parents, I think, in some ways harder on the parents than the children, but they adapt beautifully and do respond fairly well. Obviously, as they grow older, they're not as they're a little more resistant to casting, but they continue to develop and grow and learn to crawl and and walk. Although it does offer some setbacks, but I think the big advantage is that many times we're able to treat these infantile curves, get them to remodel and grow straighter. So sometimes, uh, in a lot of cases, we have casting successes with those children that eventually go on to have a brace or maybe be out of a brace. Uh, So it depends on the curve and the patient. So that would be the infantile group. Uh, When it comes to the bracing, which is the next step of treatment, again, kids do adapt to bracing. And one of the things that we encourage the parents to do and the child is to be active in some type of activity. And we encourage the patient to be out of the brace for those activities so they can continue to grow and develop physically as well as psychosocially, be out of the brace for special events. So it's a give and take, and I think we have to be very thoughtful as we do the treatment. When it comes to the growing rods or or the magnetic rods, as we often use nowadays, 
Uh, we initially have a time period where we want them not to be active while the spine is healing from the initial procedure. But once that initial healing takes place, then we encourage them to be active, but we don't allow them to do uh, any contact sports, tumbling, gymnastics, or use of a trampoline, for example. Um, and I think down the road, when, when and if the child needs a fusion, those restrictions are similar. But as soon as they heal from the fusion, we try to get them back to their activities so they can participate and, again, grow and develop physically and psychosocially. What a great answer, because that was going to be my next question was about activity and exercise and the psychosocial aspects of going through these treatments as they grow. And what about physical therapy and scoliosis-specific exercises? Can they do those? Are there some that they can do at home? Do they work with a physical therapist at Shriners? So we do have a 3D scoliosis uh, exercise program. And I think it's a wonderful adjunct to the bracing. I think the bracing is still necessary, but I found it to be very helpful. And what it does is it helps to treat, the, to encourage the child to strengthen their trunk musculature, be more aware of their posture, and also to strengthen those postural muscles. And I have found it incredibly helpful and particularly helpful when children are weaning out of the brace because it gets them to be more aware of their posture and their position and keep their muscles stronger for a lifetime. I think it's very helpful for them to work with a physical therapist. It's not one of those things that I would recommend giving a sheet of exercises. I think working with the therapist actively is really helpful for them to learn these scoliosis-specific exercises and we do have a nice program here at Shriners for those 3D uh, scoliosis exercises. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Gupta. In summary, what would you like parents to know about scoliosis, getting their child screened, what they should do if they notice some of these symptoms that you discussed? And tell us about your team approach at Shriners Hospitals for Children in Chicago. So first and foremost, I would always encourage patients when they, once they recognize that there's a concern, to bring it to the attention of the pediatrician and then seek opinions from a specialist if the scoliosis is significant. And I know it's overwhelming, but they should remember that there's a host of people out there that can help them. At Shriners, we do have a team approach. We have a group of spine surgeons. Uh, we have wonderful physical therapists, occupational therapists. And our team approach extends to the social service aspect of it, too, because there's other issues that come up with children who have surgery or need braces and different things that uh, we can really embrace the child and try to help the child and the family to go through this experience. And the good news is, is that we've treated scoliosis for a long time and have had this program at Shiners for a long time and can give some depth of experience and outcomes to those families and also give them people to talk to uh, as a network, as parents, so they can cope with this all better. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Gupta. It's great information. This is Pediatric Specialty Care Spotlight with Shriners Hospitals for Children Chicago. For more information, please visit ShrinersChicago.org. That's ShrinersChicago.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.